Well, I guess the Sharks were like the Backstreet Boys because they definitely weren't in sync tonight. They lose to a team that they should have beaten. And we'll talk about that and more. This is Teal Town After Dark. Good evening, everyone. It is April 6, 6, 2021. That man, Patrick Marlowe, had an impact on this game, but unfortunately not as much for the rest of the team as the Sharks lose 5-1 to one to the Anaheim Ducks, a game that they should have had but just didn't show up. Welcome to Teal Town After Dark. This is your live interactive Sharks post game. We do this after every single game. So if you want to be part of the show, teal together and chat with us and fellow Sharks fans on the page or the app. Follow us on the social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel here. It really goes a long way. SoundCloud, Reddit, Discord, and find everything at tealtownusa.com. Hi, everyone. Eric Curra alongside Mr. Kevin Lacey. How are you? Good, sir. Good to see you back on the After Dark. Hey, yeah, it's been a while since I've officially been on After Dark here with with you, Eric. So it's good to be here. You know, we've got Sharks and Barracuda coverage tonight. So we'll be here for the next 90 minutes. Puck guy told me we Wait, needed to what? keep this, this show short as possible. So I figured let's just troll him right out of the bat. Wow. So for the next 90 minutes, folks, we're going to be taking all of your questions about the Sharks and the Barracuda. Both teams lost tonight, but we have a lot to talk about. So, yeah. Awesome, right? <laughs> why? This is why I'm not on the what? show very often, because Eric needs to keep me like locked up for you know, special occasions. Um, okay, phrasing. <laughs> but we'll go on from there. It won't be 90 minutes, but we'll see what we can do here. Uh, the Sharks on a four-game winning streak. At the time, they were within a point uh, of uh, getting into a playoff spot. That's kind of changed a little bit. But let's uh, lock and load and grip it and rip it, and uh, let's get at it. No Mark Edward Vlasic. You got Christian Yaros. Yes. Yes. Yarosh. Yar you're close. Oh, brother. Don't even. When you get to the Barracuda, I am not even going to talk about the, the goaltender's names. Jaden Alkawaks um, was not in the lineup. Damn it. Come on. That's body injuries. So. That's my boy. But we'll get to that in a sec. Let's get <laughs> let's get to this game. The Sharks without Mark Edward Vlasic. Uh, yeah. And, and Noel. Bilo, though, wanting to know what? No Peloton? Uh, see, the pe the people are, are asking for it, my friend. <laughs> I warned you. I'm trying to fix something in my settings here. Uh, no, no Peloton tonight. Uh, see, the, the, the Sharks were working hard out there, so I don't feel the need to make up for the lack of effort that they put out there. Maybe execution, actually very much execution, but... Yeah. Um, I'm hoping to be back later in the week. So, um, there's, there's your little teaser right there oh. to uh, please subscribe already and, uh, set those alerts. So the next time I am riding on a Peloton during one of these live shows <laughs> and you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to, to catch, catch me breaking a sweat. There you go. 
All right, getting into the first period, you know, it was tough, uh, tough early on. It definitely looked like the Ducks came out to play tonight. The Sharks kind of like little lackadaisical. They had that extra day off, which is nice. They're going to have, you know, this game and then a couple more days off. But uh, tough go, go at it. And then you saw Henrique with a nice shot, I thought, that beat Jones. That made it one nothing. But I was like, you know, tough for them to get anything going up until maybe the fight that uh, we'll get into a little bit. And you know you know about the Jeffrey VL guy. Uh, but what did you take overall from the first period before we get into that fight? I just, just like, wasn't feeling it from the team this evening. So it was kind of interesting for me because the Barracuda game ran long, which we will be getting to later. Uh, so because of that, I missed the first eh, like five minutes of the Sharks game. And in that time, as I was tweeting out my final thoughts on the Barracuda game, Curtis Pichelka within three minutes of the start already said, boy, the, the Sharks already look a little bit off. Things aren't quite gelling. And I'm like thinking, oh, man, what has what has happened so far? Like, are we down to nothing already? And I, <laughs> I turn over and it's zero zero. But it's it was, you know, foreshadowing. I don't know if he, he just saw something early. I don't know if you guys out there in uh, the YouTube chat something early. But Pashalka said right away, this team looks off. And the whole night they did look off. You mentioned the Adam Henry goal. I thought that was a pretty nice goal. Yeah. Sometimes it's not anyone's fault. I I. I will come down hard on the defense tonight. I didn't think the defense was very good at all. Um, but it was a nice, quick play that resulted in a a good shot by Henrique. Would like to see Jones a little more in position to that stick side, a little more square to the shooter. But, hey, sometimes goal scorers score goals. It's unbelievable to think about. <laughs> but just sometimes that happens. Yeah. And that's... For me, I, the 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 sky is not falling on Adam Henrique's goal to me. Hey, you know, I mean, we've heard the one call that he has with the synonymous with his time in New Jersey. Henrique, it's over, and I I kind of made fun of that on the in the tweet with the gif of his goal, but maybe I was wrong. Maybe it was over then because it things did not look. Good. However. Somebody made Jeffrey VL mad, and and he delivered some some veal parm to uh the f to the face of uh uh Sam Carrick, uh the brother of former San Jose Barracuda and former San Jose Shark number forty seven Trevor Carrick, but we had a new number forty seven tonight, and Trevor Carrick's no longer in this organization. <laughs> he plays with his brother. On the Ducks, well, system, we'll say. Yeah. But Sam Carrick, recently recalled by the Ducks, been a pain in the Barracuda's butt for the last three years, mm -hmm. one of the top scorers in the AHL. He, he's he's a very feisty player, but he can back it up offensively as well. I really like the toolkit that Sam Carrick brings. But you know what? Jeff Viel doesn't give a crap. Oh. Jeff Viel's out there to take names and beat ass. And... <laughs> 
<laughs> oh. They've they've come to blows before, Eric. They have fought in the preseason in an NH NHL preseason game. Right. Uh, it was a pretty spirited affair in that one, too, if you look it up on HockeyFights.com. <laughs> but uh, they've definitely come to blows uh, just, you know, scrums and whatnot. Sam Carrick is, and Jeff Viel are both great at starting scrums. So uh, this this fight got me excited. And I, I was hoping that it got the Sharks excited. To me, as I mentioned, I don't think they were lacking energy. I think they were just lacking a little bit of focus. But that, that Viel fight, you would hope, would set them straight. Uh, it didn't. Yeah. Maybe, maybe set uh, Sam Carrick's nose straight. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, shoot, he, he got, uh, bloodied up really bad, almost as bad as Kinejov got beaten up, uh, earlier in the year. Um, but I mean, it, it was, and you know what? Sam Carrick's visor saved him because at least two of those punches that, cause I think it's weird to say his visor saved him because his visor is what cut him up, I think. But VL, a couple of, Got a couple of clean shots that went square into the visor, and I'm sure that couldn't have uh, made Veal's hand feel very good. But <laughs> I mean, Carrick could have come away with some much worse damage. Yeah. So it could have been a lot worse. It could have been Yuri Fisher on Scott Thornton. You know, but that's that's a couple of decades wow. ago. Taking it back. Oh, that one, Love that it. one. If there was ever a fight that that you could talk about for years in Sharks lore when Scott Thornton went after Yuri Fisher. My goodness. Uh, a couple of things coming in from the locker room. Uh, Boogner saying, for whatever reason, we weren't ready. They started on time. We didn't. They had their legs. We didn't. Um, you know, I've seen this 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 type of come in from Boogner, and it's concerning that we have that happen again. You know, you think that these guys would get things going, especially if you're riding a four-game win streak. You're in the thick of a playoff race now because of what you've done. Now, you know, now you're with the loss and with what the Desert Dogs have done, now you're back five points. Um, you, know, you can't let up. Just can't let up. Well, for me, Eric, and, and I know that we've had – quite a bit of discussion about this during the Sharks win streak in the YouTube chat about are the Sharks a playoff team? A couple of people have said to the moon, Sharks to the moon, <laughs> we're going to win the cup, everything like that. A couple people are Debbie Downers and I'm going to try, you know, I, I'm not overly optimistic about the Sharks chances, but I'm going to try and find a middle ground here or at least a realistic approach. So let's look at the four wins that the Sharks have had on this winning streak. Two against Minnesota, two against Los Angeles. One game that I felt was a really strong game by the Sharks, and that was the the second game against Minnesota. The first game against Minnesota, we'll back it up even further. Two terrible losses to Arizona. One of which made you, Puck Guy, go crazy on one of these episodes of After Dark. Quick, crazy like we don't usually see. Right. The Sharks responded with a rather, to me, lackluster game against Minnesota that they won because Minnesota was equally, if not worse, <laughs> equally lackluster, if not worse. Then the Sharks put up a very strong effort in that second game. Yeah. But then you've got two games against a team in Los Angeles who is below you in the standings. Sometimes it's hard to 
sometimes it's easy to play down to your competition. And the Sharks have shown that they can control both of those teams. They've shown that they can control the Ducks as well. But I wonder if really five out of six sloppy games, in my opinion, or at least games where the Sharks didn't have to be that good or weren't that good. Mm. I'm wondering if that carried into the game tonight, because I think the Ducks played one of their better games of the season and the Sharks weren't there to match it. And I wonder if they got a little accustomed to playing down to Los Angeles and controlling Minnesota. I wonder if they came in a little overconfident. I don't even know if it's overconfidence, but just I wonder if those wins hid how sloppy some of the Sharks play has been over the last four games. Yeah, I mean, you can have you can have sloppy wins and you can have ugly wins. And, you know, I, I think I remember a, a sign from the 94 playoff run saying we love ugly hockey, you know, whatever it takes. the thing is is that you can do that but you also have to put in a consistent performance and and that's where tonight kind of lack was a little lackluster uh mentioning even you know with jones how he's been playing well over the last few games jones played well and we didn't support we got away with sloppy play last game and tonight we didn't get away with it we're not a team that can have four or five guys play ordinary I mean, I mean, it seems like, gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. If if I'm going to pull out, you know, the hockey movie reference, of course. Uh, but, you know, you would think that you get the, the momentum from the VL fight. And then the second period comes, you know, Maxime Comtois. I mean, it seems like like he's suddenly going to start to become the... the, the uh, the shark killer in the Ducks lineup now and make made it two nothing. And I'm like, Oh gosh, come on. Yeah. When Max Com can, yeah. Wow. I messed that one. Up. Whoa. That's a first. We'll get that in edit. Max Comtois scored that goal. I was thinking, Oh man, is, is he the French Canadian Jordan? Crew? Like, can this player score a goal against anyone else in the league? Right. And so good on Max Comtois. He's right where he needs to be on at the side of the net, kind of front side of the net there. Good play by Drysdale. Love Jamie Drysdale. But boy, oh boy, oh boy. Tired of seeing Max Comtois score against the Sharks. And yeah. Hockey Jerk even said he put out a tweet two months ago that said something along the lines of Max Comtois can't not score against the Sharks. Something along those lines. Right. And he brought that back up on his Twitter feed. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that seems to be true. So I, I, I don't know who's covering Max Comtois there at the side of the net on that play. Um, but I was not happy with the Sharks defensively uh, as, a, as a collective group. I don't know if there's any one player that I like tonight. I actually did like Eric Carlson's game, uh, at least in the offensive zone. But defensively as a group, a little they rough. didn't do it for me. Yeah. And we'll. We'll talk about that on, or at least I will talk about it. I don't know if you want to talk about it, but I will talk about that into the next couple of goals against. Yeah, yeah. I mean, before then, the Sharks ended up getting a power play, and of course, Patrick Marlowe gets his third of the season from from a nice passing play and a nice setup. Uh, first off, Carlson kind of 
kind of dekes past his defender, feeds it over to LeBanc, who feeds it over to Marlowe, who had pretty much a wide open net. That gets the Sharks' lone goal. I mean, nice play all around. Nice to see you know, the finesse come through there. But you need more than that. And unfortunately, the Sharks didn't get that uh, offensively tonight. Yeah, what a what a play by Eric Carlson. I just mentioned I really liked his offensive game tonight. Uh, I liked how he rushed the puck. I liked the the creative decisions that he made. Uh, real nice move from forehand to backhand around unnamed Ducks forechecker uh, <laughs> over to LeBanc, and then Le, LeBanc's cross vision I think is what makes him a, an elite passer when he wants to be. There's a lot of Kevin LeBanc's game that really drives me insane. Uh, but when he's passing horizontally from east to west, in particular, uh, I think he's really rock solid there, especially on the power play. That was a great feed over to Patrick Marlowe. That Marlowe had so much time that I was worried he was going to waste the time to shoot <laughs> uh, because I, Patrick Marlowe's hands aren't what they were even a couple of years ago. But it was good to see Marlowe get that goal and. The Sharks in the third period had an identical play with Brent Burns and Tomash Hurdle that it didn't go in, which shows that's not a 100% certainty. So for Patrick Marlowe, who's been pretty snake-bitten offensively for most of this season and a potential trade candidate in – sorry, trade candidate that's right. in the next six days. Thank you, Gary Bowman. Um, that, that's a big goal for him. Uh, so I, I, I was happy to see that goal and that put the Sharks back in the game. Right. And then it just fell down after that. Uh, <laughs> you know, Lindstrom, who had taken, you know, LeBanc was so admiring his stick. He took a holding the stick call. He used that stick to get open in front of the net um, to make it 3-1. But, but Kevin, I, I'm going to show the screenshot here and I'm going to try to say, all right, you have six guys all around the net in front of the goal, goal line. I mean, yes, Ferraro's in, this, in that sense, but how how does this happen? How does this happen? You have Gregor right there. Viel is looking at the puck. You have, you know, uh, what is that? Bernsey looking at the puck and everything. You have six guys right there. How the heck does that puck go in in the slot? I mean, come on. And this is what I'm talking about with the Sharks playing poor defensively. And it's not just the defense. It's not, uh, although I will harp on the, the D group on, on the whole, but this includes the forwards who are supposed to be back checking. Look at that. All, all five skaters right around the crease means your forwards are nowhere near in position either. So even though it is aggravating to see both defensemen doing like the, the wizard of Oz guards at the gate kind of thing um there should at least be three if not four sharks elsewhere on the ice and it allowed isaac lundestrom to just put it right you know right in that very frustrating goal uh martin jones and i'm gonna and this will kind of allude to the the next goal against martin jones it's easy to harp on him because he's the goalie and sharks fans have been doing it for years even with getting a bakov Everything was Evgeny Nabokov's right, uh, uh, fault, and he's the best goalie in franchise history. Of course I am. Martin Jones, I did not think, played poorly tonight. I Overall, I think he had plays that looked very ugly. 
but he also made some very, very big stops. For the most part of the first two periods there, I feel like the Ducks had the better of the chances. Maybe not the number of chances, but the quality of chances that the Ducks were getting were far better than the quality of the chances the Sharks were getting. And that comes down to D and forwards not being where they needed to be. I felt like Martin Jones was having to overcompensate an awful lot tonight, which is why there were some plays where Jones looked pretty bad. And I think it was because he was having to go way out of the crease to try and cut his angle down, like on the fourth goal. And even on this this third goal by Lundestrom, I mean, he looks like he's way out of the net, but I mean, Jones can only do so much. Right. So oh, I, I'm trying not to get too far ahead, but I guess I'm going to have to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, Brett Hedekin mentioned on the broadcast, maybe it's time to pull Martin Jones. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, if these guys aren't clicking, how about changing the lines? How about oh, changing the D pairs? Just, I know Peter DeBoer went through that lineup jumbler way too often, but I feel like Bob Buchner is ultra reluctant to do that. Maybe that's all this needed. I mean, this lineup beat the Wild and the Kings. That doesn't mean they're going to beat the Ducks. In the, so in if the Sharks are looking so far out of sorts in this game, switch it up. And I don't just mean goaltending. And, and that's the thing is that they are hesitant. I mean, granted, PDB would blend more than than somebody that worked at Jamba Juice. I mean, if things were going wrong right away, it was blending. Uh, It's almost like Bugner's like, "Eh, well, it hasn't really been broken. I'm not going to, you know, touch it. It's been working for us the last four games. We're going to go with it. Okay, I get that theory, but when you're down 4-1... And, of course, you know, Troy Terry takes a shot. That gets blocked, and it goes right to Delorier, where he just slams it home to make it 4-1. You knew that this game was in deep doo-doo. We won't even talk about the third because, you know, Bob Bugner pulls the goalie with about seven, eight minutes to go in the game. I mean, what what kind of Patrick Wah Wheaties did you eat today? That that thinks that's that's gonna be a good idea. Maybe Bob Bugner was pulling out the playbook of all the old teams he used to play for because the Buffalo Sabers were where he got his start, and we saw that that five man, all in a line almost kind of defensive play that the Sabers uh, got memed for a couple oh, of yeah. years ago. That, that was against the Sharks, and that was AJ who who posted that meme yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, and so you've got. The Shark did their own thing with having five players on the edge of the crease. So uh, why not pull the Patrick Waugh? They used to be teammates there in Colorado, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think Waugh had been retired by that point. Um, So, yeah, you know what? Let's go with the Waugh. Seven minutes and 30 seconds. Pull Martin Jones. Honestly, like, I don't hate that play. I mean, the Sharks were down by three at that point. Yeah. For me, it was just a matter of. I get you weren't trying to get some type of momentum going. Yeah, I, I just think there were other coaching decisions that could and should have been made to try and help resolve this situation. Now, it's it's one game. Uh, the sky's not falling. The world's not ending. 
The world's not ending. It's one game. The Sharks are still, to me, somehow, but still <laughs> in this playoff uh, picture. Yeah. Um, games like tonight are why I say the somehow. But nevertheless, the Sharks are still mathematically in this playoff hunt and have a legitimate chance of making the playoffs. Right. Um, but you got to move on to the next game and, uh, and it, it, learn from this game. Players, coaches, got everybody's, everyone's got to be ready. Um, what I hope, I know that Al Martinet, uh, at least privately, but I'm just <laughs> sorry, it was private, but now I'm going to make it public. I know Al Martinet <laughs> said, why is Martin Jones playing five games in a row? Well, four game winning streak. Why not? Do you think that Devin Dubnik plays in the next one? Uh, I mentioned Patrick Marlowe possibly days away from being traded. Devin Dubnik's in the same situation. Do you want to showcase him? Hope hope Dubnik gets a, a good game because he's been on a bad run. You would, do you, think, Eric? you would have to. I would think if you're going to get Dubnik in, you're going to have to get him in one of these games against L.A. And yes, I get the whole, and we saw this with PDB the whole time he was here, that Martin Jones plays well against his former team in L.A., blah, 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 blah. Okay, I get that. But if you're going to make a move to have Dubnik get traded or showcase him, you have to showcase him. You just can't have him with a ball cap on and say, hey, would you like this guy with a ball cap on? You know, and early on, I mean, Dubnik had the, the first shutout of the season for the team. You know, you got to give him a shot to at least be the guy. You can't have it uh, just be all Martin Jones. It didn't. I mean, come on. The Sharks traded for James Reimer in 2016. Now, I don't think that they're at that spot right now at all. But if you're going to showcase the guy, you got to showcase him. You got to show what he's what he's capable of to see what you can put out there. You know, uh, same thing with Marlowe. Marlowe, you know, a lot of people have been giving him criticism about being on the power play. You know, he delivers tonight. Uh, and he, he even mentioned in... Post game tonight, we were lacking the intensity that made us successful. I mean, what were you watching the Mighty Dex Game Changers or something on Disney Plus on your extra day off or something? I mean, Gregor was saying, I thought my game was all right, it wasn't uh, our best showing overall, it could have been better. You know, uh, Patty again would go, you know, Gibson made some really good saves, but if you ask the guys, we need to play in their zone more and generate more offense. And I, I think you can completely agree with that, Kevin. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, Bugner came back with, and I didn't catch this until later on uh, when I was trying to catch the gif of it, uh, but Couture is hobbling around the room a little bit. Unfortunately, it hit him in a tough area. We'll know more tomorrow. So we'll see what happens with Couture if he's able to go. But th that's the tough part now. You know, you're wearing the Vlasic jersey. Vlasic's out. If you lose Couture, that's the tough part. And, you know, and, and I, I won't even, you know, mention Hurdle because, you know, that last thing we need is Hurdle. But, you know, he says, oh, we got to get a couple of great chances, but it wasn't going in. You need to look forward and, and the play like the last couple of game, weeks before before this. <laughs> you know, and and Tomash Hurdle, I thought, was one of the, the low lights in, in this game. Uh, sad to say, because obviously a great guy, uh, one of the best players on this team. I felt like Tomash Hurdle was really fighting it tonight. Um, I thought he was 
in the right spots, but his execution maybe more than anyone else was really lacking. He had that he had a pretty quality chance in the third period on John Gibson, but again, that's a situation where as as good of placement as Hurdle is in that spot, mm-hmm. Gibson's already square and ready to face that shot. So it's really not that good of a scoring chance, even though Hurdle's in prime real estate on that. The Sharks need to make better decisions or needed to make better decisions with the puck tonight. Um, yeah, this game was just frustrating uh, to, to see, again, energy. Okay, actually, let me relate Kevin LeBanc's game, and I, I, and I don't want to single out Kevin LeBanc, but one of my big criticisms about Kevin LeBanc is he plays with a lot of energy, but none of it's focused. So he's out there skating his butt off, but it's not getting the team anywhere. And I think that's how the Sharks kind of played tonight. Again, I don't think they weren't showing effort, but they were all just kind of skating around with no cohesion. And so the the chances, uh, John Gibson made, I think, 34 saves, but how uh yeah, 34 saves, mm-hmm. but how many quality chances did the Sharks actually have? I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, and that's the that's the part of the problem. And and, and sorry, just because I'm thinking about it right now, it. how many chances did the Sharks take from the blue line tonight? Because I felt like most of their chances were down low, below the faceoff dots. They were using the points to pass the puck. Right. But they weren't. They were limiting their their offensive chances by not using that back half of the offensive zone to shoot. And yeah, I mean, the, we talked about it before. Uh, you know, earlier in the week last week, the defense was activating and getting the points, and doing their jo- doing their job offensively. Uh, yeah. Didn't see too much of that tonight. Uh, which is a struggle, and of course, you know, the with the injury, it changed all the n- n- times for uh, for the guys on there. You know, Carlson played twenty seven minutes, Burns played twenty two. You know, you have Kanishov and Ferraro playing nineteen, and then Shimmick only played twelve. You, you know, Yarosh only played eleven forty one. I mean, that's that's the that's the thing. You, you you're used to having that disparity in the in there, but I'm surprised Shimmick, 12.06. I mean, Ferraro has been playing well over 20 minutes a game. So, interesting to Ferraro see. Ferraro really struggled tonight, though. And um, I know the Sharks kind of jumble the D pairs all around over the course of the game. That's why you get such huge disparities in time on ice, like between Carlson's 27 and a half versus Yarosh's 11 and three quarters. Um, but I think that part of Shimmick's lack of ice time is sometimes he's out there with Ferraro and Ferraro had one of his worst games of the season. And I, I, you know, was Shimmick the other defenseman that was in that shot around the, around the perimeter that might not have helped his cause either. Um, I'm not sure who it was, but let's see. We had Ferraro. I saw 51 out there. We had Ferraro, Burns, Marlowe. Oh, it's Burns. Okay. VL. Burns was a minus three, two. So (laughs) last thing we need, right? Yeah. (laughs) So sharks. I I, I will say about Christian Yarosh. uh, (laughs) I was hoping to see more tonight. I'm, I'm glad I didn't see too much of him 
because he plays this style of game that I don't want to notice him out there. But I, I was kind of hoping that maybe I'd get a little bit of an inkling like, hey, Yarish with a good defensive play. Because he he is a guy that I've been waiting to see get some NHL action. I thought he played very strong in, with the Barracuda here earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. It deserved the call up for sure to the taxi squad. And if, if Lassick's out long term, you know, Clayson is right now the uh, reserve defenseman. Clayson's an established veteran. You know what you're going to get with Clayson. Yarosh, I believe, is an RFA going into the offseason, I think. And the Sharks historically have a problem of trading for future RFAs and just letting them walk. So I'm expecting to see Yarosh get... (laughs) Buddy Robinson. I'm expecting Yarosh <laughs> to get uh, some good good chances, but but I hope that he gets more than 11 minutes and 41 seconds of ice time type chances. So, <laughs> you know, if he's going to be written off, uh, at least it's deserving. But I thought Yarosh was okay. Uh, just need to see more of him. And that's the interesting part, where the, the Sharks are at right now. Yes, you're five points out of a playoff spot, but you're six in the division. Which way do you go? You know, and, you know, you are now six days away uh, from the trade deadline. Which way do you go uh, with this team? I mean, do you make moves right now or, you know? I, for, for for me, I think the Sharks need to sell or stay the course. If, if the Sharks want to continue to push for a playoff spot i think you need to do it guarded in a guarded approach because as i mentioned on the discord channel yeah over the weekend remember 2012 13 when the sharks didn't have a very good year and then right before the trade deadline they got really hot so they acquired Rafi Torres and still and and <laughs> Rafi Torres was great with the Sharks. You know, uh, he before he got hurt, he was actually being very productive offensively, not just running around with it with his, uh, you know, you know, right. <laughs> absolutely. Yes, exactly. With his elbows out. But um, uh, but I feel like it costs the Sharks down the road because 14, 15. They didn't have any prospects to bring in. They couldn't sign any free agents, and that team went nowhere. They went. They they were a lottery team that year, mm-hmm. and I'm afraid that if the Sharks push too hard to try and eke out a playoff spot here, as as the fourth member of the Pacific Division, and they're already trying to rebuild. I don't want to get into Flyers territory where we're four and out, and then we miss the playoffs for another three, four years because. We tried to push for just this year. To me, this year's not worth it, especially right. in a shortened season. Right. I would rather have a shortened season of misery than 82 games of misery. That's that's my odd take, but it's how I feel. No, if you're in the middle of a reset, as DW has said, granted the four game streak, you're like, oh, you know, you have that emoji where the where you have the star eyes. You know, it's like, oh, but but now we're back in it. You know, by this time Friday, you could be seven, eight, nine points out of it. 
you know, and be back to where you were, and you only lost one game. That's how crazy things are in this division. Uh, yeah. Charles, uh, obviously a, a Desert Dogs fan. I'm not a Sharks fan, but this is a great channel, and we appreciate your subscription. Thank you very much for that. Uh, yeah, and and Charles has actually been. I just want to point out, Charles has been bringing uh, some pretty good comments into the chat today. So keep that up. Uh, keep up the banter, guys. We appreciate we, that. We appreciate and everybody coming in with it. Uh, if you want to make a donation for your favorite for your favorite segment, as Laurel has completely uh, <laughs> does herself, uh, consider donating through the Venmo app at Teal Town USA. Of course, you can use a super chat donation, but we do get more from the Venmo. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's tough. You know, it was also, we, we appreciate your participation and in, in all these shows, you know, it, it's what keeps us going. And, uh, I'm just going to throw it out there because I can be an ass sometimes a fun loving ass. So I know you guys, you, Eric and, and, uh, and Ian and Landy and everyone, you guys talk about the more likes we get, the the more donations that come in, uh, will help sponsor tonight's wrap around. <laughs> well, there's an NHL wrap around and an AHL wrap around. So which one do you want tonight? Well, because we can do the AHL wrap around if we only get yeah, a bit of the NHL wrap around. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like that go. noise meter. You know, like. AHL loud, NHL loud. Ah, I don't know. Well, and what she got is Laurel donating five dollars in the super <laughs> chat. There you go. <laughs> Laurel with the donation. Good God, not the AHL wraparound. No. We better, we better push this hard. Come on, how how dare we talk about Iowa taking on um crap? Taking on uh, shoot. I'm trying to think of some random. Colorado played. Who the heck did Colorado played Texas tonight? Okay, that was actually a really exciting game. But uh, I digress. All right, let's get to the scores really quickly. We'll get you updated with the standings as well. Sabers win. Wait, what? Sabers win five to three. Oh boy. Well, so much, so much for uh, for them tanking to trade Taylor Hall. Uh, Linus Ulmark getting the victory. Is he going to Toronto to be the backup? We'll see. Uh, Semyon Varlamov, speaking of goalies, gets the shutout as the Islanders blink the Capitals one nothing in that one. Uh, Rangers go crazy, and it's not against Philadelphia? What? <laughs> but uh, Rangers 8, Penguins 4. Yes, Mika Zabinijad did have a, a say in this one, but also a whole lot of others. Even you, you know who scored in that game hmm. at, at the beginning of the game? Colin Blackwell with... His tenth NHL goal of the season. Former Barracuda member. Fourth liner for the Barracuda three years ago. Tenth NHL goal of the season. Are you, are you trying to say that we develop some players well that we just let them go, and others that we keep don't do much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's pretty much what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Flyers in a free fall, uh, especially after losing to the Sabers. This time they lose to the Bruins four to two. Uh, Patrice Bergeron with a hat trick, Brad Marchand with a, with a shorty, um, kind of appropriate since he's short and he's a cheap shot artist. If you haven't seen the clip, take a look at it on on Twitter. He's such a f and a hole. Uh, 
Shane Goose Jeremy is Jeremy Swayman with 40 saves for his first NHL win in that one also. Nice. Good congrats to him. Hopefully they didn't play around with the puck this time. Uh, Shane, <laughs> Shane goes to spare who was on waivers uh, last week, gets his sixth of the season in the losing cause. Uh, the Panthers lost what in the world they lose to the Carolina hurricanes, excuse me, drew Weber's Carolina hurricanes five to two in this one. <clears throat> um, Barkov with two goals in the losing cause, but, uh, and, and that was a game that Florida was winning two one and Carolina scored, I believe four in the third. Yep. Uh, including two from Jordan Stahl to get that one. Uh, the Neon Buggers beat the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-2. to two. Uh, Corpusalo with the victory in this one. Max Domi gets a sixth in the winning effort. The Lightning now at 54 points. The Blue Jackets trying to stay alive and ruin Patrick Liney's career. In the shootout, the Red Wings lose 3-2 to two to the uh, Nashville Predators. Uh... I don't know if you did you see the move that uh, Johansson did. It, I think I saw on Twitter saying like, "Oh, he's using the, he's pretending that his his uh, controller was deactivated, and all of a sudden he deeks out Grice like, like he's a crazy goalie." Uh, but uh, Nashville with the victory in this one, and Nashville, you know, trying to keep that that playoff hope alive. Uh, moving onward, Dallas. Nashville, by the way, because I, I, I felt that pause there. My boy, Victor Arvidsson, uh, get well soon. Got like a neck stinger or something. Very ugly situation there, but I uh, hope he's okay. And congrats on the new baby. Yeah. If I'd uh, been prepared, I would have worn my Victor Arvidsson jersey. Oh. Don't worry. It's not a Predators jersey, guys. I, don't worry. Uh, as long as it doesn't say Snosis on the back of it, you know, that's more <laughs> As long as that's that's important. Uh, in Chicago, the Blackhawks win four to two. Uh, all all three of my fantasy hockey players scored in that one. Kubalik, Debrinkit, and Kane. That's that's a good thing for me, thankfully. Uh, but uh, it takes goals to win. That's right. In life, as in hockey, it takes goals to win. Of course, the Canucks and the Jets were postponed because. The, I think they're now the who the Canucks. That's for AJ. Yeah. Who? Right. Uh, the Canucks, who are now, I believe, have 17 players along with some of their coaching staff. Uh, and taxi squad players. Yeah. Uh, with COVID. I, I don't know what the NHL is going to do with this one, because if you're going to miss about seven, eight games, I mean, how are you going to tack those on? I mean, even if that means you're going to start the playoffs uh, and the Canucks are still playing regular season games. Do you go on with it? Or, I mean, I don't know what you do with that. Well, the, the, they're, you know, I mentioned in the chat the other night, their farm affiliate, the Utica Comets, have played a whopping nine games this season. They still haven't even made it to their 10th game. I thought it was bad for the Barracuda getting games in there for a bit, but nine games. And part of that wasn't even their fault. Uh, the Sabres had an outbreak there for a bit, so, and that affected Rochester. Um, but yeah, Utica is, I don't know if they're ever going to play a game. Uh, is, is the wager going to be whether Utica or Vancouver plays a, another game again? Yeah. I mean, how do you do it and how do you lose all that TV revenue and such, uh, especially, uh, sports net wise locally, uh, Laurel with the $5 super chat donation. I am so confused. The hashtag reach round has been canceled from this moment on. It'll be only knows wrap around. All hail the wraparound. 
I'm down for that. Um, um, so, Laurel, uh, I don't know who hacked your computer. Um, you know, I, I don't know. That seems a little weird. But, okay, with that being said, you know, because the extra donation, Kevin gets to talk about a shootout loss at Solar for America Ice. Barracuda. That's right. The San Jose Barracuda play tonight at Solar for America Ice. I tried to get you to, to, to as much time to change jerseys, but you couldn't get any time. So, uh, Not Superman. I need a phone booth. All right. So they took on the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, tonight, uh, briefly, how, how did it go? This was a weird game. I'm not going to lie. I'm excited to talk about this game, but this was a weird game because basically nothing happened for about 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the Jake McGrew got his second goal of the game about midway through. Uh, kind of a broken play that uh, Brandon Coe, the 2020 uh Fourth or fifth round pick of the Sharks uh, gets his first professional point. Co passed it to the slot where McGrew was, and McGrew took it backhand, forehand, and then just sniped it past Logan Thompson's glove. Logan Thompson's probably been the best goalie in the AHL this season, and of course, he's a Silver Knight. Coming out of nowhere, mind you, uh, 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 an undrafted free agent uh, a couple of years ago, playing in the ECHL last year. Um, so good on him, but McGrew got that goal. Uh, let's fast forward to the third period about halfway through Stefan Nason got in a fight with Tomas Yurcho, Yurko, sorry, have no idea what happened because the camera work on this feed tonight was absolutely atrocious. And I did get some comments on Twitter from fans about how bad the camera work was and it was bad. Missed the hit, missed the fight. Apparently, Nason busted up Yurko. Have no idea. And then Nason got a 10-minute uh, misconduct and an instigating penalty. So that wiped him out for the rest of the game. Right. Henderson, as they did in the games in Henderson a couple of weeks ago, continued the antics trying to turn the tide he gained some momentum you know what we hoped the sharks would get from jeff biel's fight tonight right so henderson with 205 left after the barracuda took a delay of game puck over glass penalty uh, how's that happen with the rink covered in yeah yeah it definitely doesn't doesn't help with the kind of the odd dimensions of solar for america ice there's still you know legal ahl dimensions but you know there's some glass quirks and everything like that so the barracuda are in the box again and ryan murphy scores a goal deflected in by reed duke alexi melnichuk who came back from injury at a lower body injury funny enough against henderson those same like two three weeks ago he played okay um but he's still i still he was kind of fighting fighting his angles before the injury, and on this goal, I thought he was way too over to his glove side, um, left the stick side wide open, and then the puck go, beats him right in that open spot. 
move up a minute later. Jake LeCision. Now, if you follow me on Twitter, I'm not the biggest fan of Jake LeCision. Uh, I like his dad, Curtis, former Avalanche, former senator. Mm-hmm. Jake isn't a dirty player, but he makes dirty plays. I guess you could say it's kind of like David Perron. David Perron is a little punk out on the rink. He doesn't go hitting everyone like Ryan Reeves or anything like that, but he picks his spots. So in the first game against Henderson, we saw Jake LeCision go and cross check slash punch Ryan Merkley right in the head, about 30 feet away from the puck, right in front of a referee. No call. Merkley missed the next game due to injury. The very next day, I did not see this one, but I have been told that Jake LeCision came up and just elbowed Joachim Blickfeld for no reason in that game. Again, no call. With a minute left, off a faceoff, Alex True and Jake LeCision. Alex True is literally just skating along the blue line, 15 feet away from the puck, and Jake LeCision just skates up and shoulders him right in the head. Again, no call. And I don't want to get on Jordan Samuels Thomas, the rookie official in the AHL, recently retired from playing and now is a referee. Because actually in this instance, I don't know if this was his call to make. I think it was actually the other ref. But nevertheless, Jordan Samuels Thomas, the referee for all three of these games, three headshots, no penalties. Come on, guys. This is getting ridiculous. So all hell broke loose. Leon Bergman attempted to fight <laughs> Jake LeCision. Jake LeCision, and this was right off the faceoff. This was actually during the stoppage. LeCision just looked around like at his teammates like, what's, hey, anyone want to help me? Because I can't back up my cheap shots. Bergman got a warning. Bergman, Shellman got kicked out of the faceoff for it. Bergman takes the face off and then goes right after Jake LeCision. All hell breaks loose. Five on five. Uh, I won't say five fights versus, you know, fights of five different players, but definitely five different scrums broke out on the ice. Bergman instigating misconduct. So now the Barracuda are down two players. They kill off the penalty going into OT, which is probably a good, well, it's obviously a good thing, but it's probably a good thing that the Barracuda were shorthanded in OT because as the Barracuda have shown in overtime, their power plays are some of the worst uh, things you'll see all season. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Barracuda stave off overtime, we'll say. Then a fantastic shootout. If you guys can see the highlights of this, go check out the shootout. Vegas... Henderson might as well be Vegas. Henderson goes up 2-0 in the shootout. The Barracuda rally with goals from Scott Reedy, who made his professional debut after uh, playing out his senior year with the University of Minnesota. Shoots to simple shot, just shoots to the glove side. Next player, Ivan Shakovich skates in, simple shot to the glove side. Suddenly we're tied. Go all the way to round six. Unfortunately, in round six, Pavel Dorofeyev with a very silky kind of fake to his forehand and then reach around with it. Well, there's your, well, reach there's around. your reach around. Uh, <laughs> we'll play the audio cue. Oh God. I have the goddamn coming Curtis. Did he give him a reach? Oh, 
Barracuda. I wasn't even trying for that. Sorry. But yeah, he did reach around with the stick and got it in. That was, that was a great goal. And then unfortunately, Jake McGrew, who'd scored in the second period, lost the puck in the bottom of round six. And that, that pretty much ended the game there. So Barracuda fall two to one. The rematch is tomorrow at 6 p.m. We'll find out if Jake LeCision goes after a fourth Barracuda player with a headshot. Gotcha. All right. Well, we get through that. Uh, L.A. is coming up next uh, for the Sharks. Uh, as we continue on, in case you missed anything or you want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and of course, always available at tealtownusa.com. All righty. Well, Kevin, thank you for recapping both games. Uh, appreciate it. You know, uh, great to uh, get. And that's kind of the fun thing with the CUDA is to have him nearby and also having like a, you know, 40, 50 person taxi squad, let's be honest. So, uh, but your final thoughts on where the people can find you and what you're looking forward to uh, down the road. My final thoughts are the Barracuda need to shore it up defensively overall. This is a game to game thing. But the Sharks, I think the Sharks, you know, I've said the same thing about the Sharks for two years now. I think lately the Sharks have been a lot better defensively, just not tonight. So I'm hoping here in these next couple of games against Los Angeles, we'll right the ship. We saw what the Sharks did against Los Angeles the last two games previous to this one. So um, playoffs. But but for real, I am at Kevin Lacey 22. Uh, it was fun tweeting at uh, everyone throughout the night. Fun to be on After Dark with you this evening. And of course. And, uh, of course, with the trade deadline lurking, so will I. Oh, boy. So make sure you follow me on Twitter. Thank you very much. All right. I'm at PuckGuy14 on the Twitter and the Instagram. You can follow us at TealTownUSA on the Twitter as well. And we'll be back with you Friday as the Sharks begin a two-game set in those beautiful Heritage jerseys. All I'm saying is, L.A., bring your white Heritage jerseys that you had from last year up with you this weekend. And, oh. That jersey matchup is going to look beautiful. So for Kevin, I'm Eric. Have a great night. And until Friday, we'll see you. Keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real teal. Have a great night, everyone. We'll see you Friday night. <laughs>